All right, all you baseball fans out there, if you just joining us, uh, this is Ted Henderson, call of the game today. We're uh, beautiful uh, Southern California here at Chavez Ravine, Los Angeles, California, home of the Los Angeles Dodgers. We're watching the uh, United States play Japan today in the 84 Olympics. It's a beautiful day, crisp, 84, the sun is out. And just like the sun beat out, I've got everybody's favorite sun. He shines, and he's sitting right next to me. Everybody give a warm welcome to my co-commentator, Chip Hager. Chip, how the hell are you doing? Man, isn't Chavez Ravine beautiful? Oh, it's, it's just crisp and clear, just like a brand new Huggies diaper. I mean, it is just fabulous day here and uh, what a fabulous way to spend a day here at the 1984 olympics than watching baseball be next to the greatest narrator of all sports of all time well thank you very much i often say that to myself when i'm looking in the mirror my wife's always telling me you're so full of yourself and i said hey that's a three two call and you're looking at a couple of swings coming and everybody out there uh, we got hendrix on the the plate uh, he's looking at a kind two and one we are at the bottom of the first. By the way, what are you what are you sipping there? What are you smoking there? It uh, looks pretty tasty. Well, I'm uh, smoking a Cuban, and I've got a little bit of the hoochie in there. Uh, I, I thought, what better way to go down to Los Angeles and enjoy a beautiful day at the ballpark? Uh, Chavez Ravine, home of uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers, and smoke a little hoochie and call the game. Hendricks comes up with a 3-2 at the full count. We got batters on second base. Uh, we're over here looking at the skipper. Uh, oh, we're going to call a box. That's going to put Hendricks right back up. So right now in the U.S., uh, they've got a runner on second and a runner on first. They got one out. By the way, that, that ball, as it came back to the pitcher, uh, slipped the pitcher's head and almost hit the uh, mascot there. No, there shouldn't really be any mascots. I mean, this is a game today that's representing all of us in unity, you know, where nobody should single themselves out with a ridiculous mascot. I mean, I don't even know what that is, Chip. I don't know if that's an elephant uh, playing a saxophone. I have no idea. Doss is uh, batting a slim 281. Uh, and he's, ooh, Dawson is swung and he's hit. Chip Dawson is down. He was struck by a wild pitch. I think that was maybe 212 miles an hour. It looked like it from here. I don't know. Well, you know, um, everything is fast in uh, Japan. And uh, one of those fast things is their pitches. You know, that's why we're buying so many of their pitchers. But uh, anyway, yeah, he's down for the count. I mean, I haven't seen anybody that down since your bachelor party with me and you did a little couple of gaggers. We were drinking that rum straight up in the... We woke up with lipstick written across our heads. I had the D-I, you had the C-K on it. I don't know what that... Oh, doll! Why don't you go ahead and uh, take us back to the 80s and uh, call this next batter Hashido Kabuto. Why don't you give the stats on Hashido? <laughs> and now batting number 12 for Japan, Shido Kashido. Is that what you said? No, his name is Hashido Kabuto. Sorry. <laughs> Number 12, Ashido Kabuto or Kabuto, either way, batting for Japan against the U.S. of A. This is 1984 Olympics, and we're going back to the 80s. Take me back to the
are listening to Back to the 80s Radio. Keep listening as we will soon be launching K-Hits 92.5 online and around the world. We are the show that's bringing back the 80s to a whole new generation, reminiscing on the memories that made that generation so freaking awesome. We are here every single week, and where we'd like to remind you to like our Facebook page and drop us a note and let us know what topics from the 80s you would like to hear. The only thing we ask, of course, is for you to subscribe to our show and leave us a comment on whatever platform you listen to. So please, please leave us a note, leave us a comment, subscribe to our show because it helps us out. Now, today is the second stop to our three-part cruise of rock and metal bands from around the world. Last week, we had Mike Davis from Lizzie Borden, Halford, and Dramarama. We had Shannon, the Shanman Hernandez of 98 KUPD Phoenix on the show. So if you missed it, you can always catch the show again on any of the podcast platforms. Now, as he is every single week, with me is a man that has used over a thousand names to collect more Columbia House cassettes and is the main reason they ran out of music and out of business. That's right. He's preach been it, secretly <laughs> He's been secretly seen at 80s festivals collecting wham pins, wearing what? baby blue leg warmers and a tight shirt that says father figure. Damn we here damn street daddy daddy. We here at Back to the 80s. Who's your dad? Call him the Chang. <laughs> How the heck are you, my friend? Oh, I'm okay, I'm real swell, what the hell, let's ring the bell. Oh, that's right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, cats and kitties, 80s ladies, dudes and dudettes of an era gone by, you are about to witness stupidity at its finest, that's right, and who better to give you that stupidity, but myself, the legend in my own mind, and everybody's favorite Italian besides Chef Boyardee, Tusky Toscano. Now, Toscano, tonight we are going to go Imano Imano, head to head, hair against hair, balls against Aquanet and spandex. So, Toscano, I, I, I want to uh, ask you. Now, did you go to church and drink some holy water? Because I'm going to bring up some bands that are going to scare the crap out of you. They probably will, and I'm going to be ready for it. But before we get into the show, I want to take a couple of moments to address something that occurred this past week. On our Facebook page, we said a meme with Freddie, Freddie Mercury's picture and a quote. If he said it or not, that's not the issue here. But let me read you what the quote reads, quote, we are in a golden age of music. There will be a time when technology becomes so advanced that we'll rely on them to make music rather than raw talent. Music will lose its soul, end quote. What happened? We've gotten over 104,000 people reacting to it, almost 8,000 comments on this. And out of those 8,000 comments, we have, we have had maybe a hundred comments of people that just misunderstood the quote, thinking that this quote said what it did not say. First of all, the post does not say there wasn't going to be any good music in the future. It doesn't say the technology was going to make music on its own, and it doesn't say that there aren't going to be any more talented musicians. It doesn't say that people can't make music with technology. 
And also the argument that a lot of people said on this post that, oh, all parents said the same thing about their music. And in the 80s, the old people said the same thing about music back then. Look, parents are always going to have issues with some of the music that their kids listen to. All right. It's, it's always going to be. But you can't compare music that was new to the scene, music that changed generations to come because it was the first time we had ever heard that. Unlike today, where most music, mainstream or not, isn't really new. Now, once again, not all. Are there better musicians today? Well, some yes, some no. It's like saying that we have better and more talented painters or artists than we did with Van Gogh, Rembrandt, Picasso, Monet. You get the point. Just because we have better tech and some can play an instrument better doesn't mean that they're going to make art in music that will change generations as it did when we grew up in the 80s. I mean, we had influences from the 50s, from the 60s and 70s, and those decades helped to form and in some sense alter music and shape it for the future generations. But I do want to clarify one thing. There is no better music. There is just music that you like and music that you don't. That's it. A lot of people thought, oh my gosh, he's he's saying that all of the music today sucks. Never said that. Obviously, there are great artists today in all genres of music. But this meme that was posted isn't referring to them. It refers to a generation of so-called artists that are only in the business to make money without caring what they play, sing, write for the masses. It's a matter if you follow what protects the integrity of the art or if you just don't care. And that, my friends, is all. This is Back to the 80s. We're going to be right back. Woo, that was a long speech. Hey, my pals, Toscano and Chang went to school in the 80s, and that was cool. But now they're going back. That's right. And you can tag along with Back to the 80s Radio. Someone I 
If you can't wear a spandex jumpsuit, what can you do? This is Back, back to the 80s. John Sells with Leaving Love Alone, 1988. This was a band out of Boulder featuring John Newland on guitar vocals, or John Sells, Andy Hearmans on bass, Kelly Clear on drums, and Warren Ryder on keyboards. Uh, back in 1979, the group focused mostly on recording instead of live performances. A studio in Boulder called North Star Studios, while still in construction, they allowed Cells to come in during non-construction hours, lay down some, some tracks, including two of their songs that became the band's debut 45 album. And it was a red record. I don't know if you've seen this, but it's a red record. You can catch it on our Facebook page. And the songs were Uh-Oh and Terminal Thighs. Now, the red 45 vinyl proved to be one of the most collectible and popular records from Colorado in the late 70s. And But unfortunately... Unfortunately, John passed away in 1994, but brother, his music is going to keep on living on. If you like what you heard, you can catch music by John Sells by visiting John Sells Facebook page at John Sells Music or by visiting RockyMountainLow.com. I want to give a big thanks and a shout out to Catherine Levine, who is the creative director over there. We're going to have John Sells Music information on our Facebook page as soon as you listen to the show. So... I want to welcome you back to back to the 80s radio. Today, we're making our second stop at Metal Rock Island. And before we do that, I want to give a special shout out to some of our biggest listeners in Australia, Germany, the UK, Japan, and Argentina. Did you know, I just found out, Chang, that we are in 33rd place out of all podcasts listened to in the country of Argentina. Can you believe that? Now, that makes me think of one thing, man. The power and the unity that radio brings, whether it's music, conversation, or humor. Uh, that's very humbling. I want to thank everybody out there, everybody out there, even in, back home in, the, in, in our states, uh, in Mexico and Spain and Italy. Uh, a big shout-out and a big uh, thank you and a bow to all of you. It's very humbling to know that technology has taken us to this point to where it's grown from terrestrial radio. Uh, the other thing that's very empowering about all this is uh, the topic we're discussing, hard rock, metal. So many countries have their own style of metal with their own language, you know, which is in the vocals. I'm talking bands like nowadays like Rammstein. Back in the day, we had uh, the Scorpions from Germany. And, and you know what... Uh, Toscano, uh, not only do we want to say thank you, we want to tell them all, if you like what we you hear and you're eager to listen to what we're going to give you music-wise in, in uh, the 80s realm of music, at the end of the day, you need something that's going to take your mind away from whatever stress and strained you, whatever was hectic or busy. Uh, you know, we want to give you radio when you most need it. Some of you guys out there are parents. You know, you can hardly wait to your kids or... or in bed, but nowadays with the COVID, a lot of schools aren't in there, so you got to get away from the stress. Uh, you know, you're driving home from work, you got to deal with some jackass uh, on the subway or on the bus. You need something that's going to take you out of that uh, realm. So hopefully, we're doing that. All you got to do is share us. Tell a friend, tell a couple of friends. You, you know, the more the merrier. Tonight, we're going to get heavy duty. Are you ready to take it on? 
I am ready. I remember last week you asked me, are we going to talk about glam metal and, and and continue the conversation? And of course, because, right. you know, the hair or glam metal bands of the 80s still remain one of the true guilty pleasures in history of music. You know, it was, right. it was uh, the hairspray, the makeup, uh, catchy pop tunes of back in the day, touched up with distortion. I mean, it made oh, for yes. some serious uh, music television. Let, let me sum it up like this, my partner in crime. In 1980, the sound and vibration of then called metal music, uh, it, was, it, it gave us an empowerment of us, us that uh, turned to this music, a soundtrack to a lifestyle we lived. Uh, it was a very emotional feeling. Metal music is very, it's empowering. Uh, it's kind of a badge of defiance. It unifies many different people of all walks of life to where we're not angry with each other. We're just happy to be there and enjoy what we're about to take in. You know, a lot of people think uh, hard rockers and meddlers, people that look like me, uh, are children of the devil. We are not. We may not pray at the same church as you, as, as others, or go to church, but we have a very spiritual guiding the sound of metal got louder from its involvement in the 70s. It got faster. It had more flair. Uh, they played with more dominance. It brought out more groups that emulated some of the great bands that we discussed, like the Thin Lizzies, the Deep Purples, the Rainbows. It evolved from the Black Sabbath. I'm going to serve on this metal tennis court, okay? And I'm going to serve you up a couple of... Uh, Hardcore rock and roll bands from my personal liking in the 80s. Are you ready to go? Okay, so this is going to be kind of like a tennis match then. Yes, kind of like a tennis match. I'm going to serve you an Iron Maiden. Iron Maiden out of the UK, uh, a great heavy metal band, my brother, a solid uh, two guitar playing band, uh, a bass player, Stevie Harris, that could play like, a, like he was slinging an axe, like he was a, a lead guitar player. Uh, they had two singers, Paul Diano in the early 80s, and then they had Bruce Dickinson. Uh, when Dickinson joined the band, they seemed to uh, become kind of an arson set wildfire. There was no bounds for them. Uh, the vocal range uh, went uh, note for note with uh, the riffs and the speed that uh, Iron Maiden uh, brought out. Now, Iron Maiden and Judas Priest, both powerhouse dual guitar playing bands, which I think gave birth to bands like Megadeth, Metallica. Uh, I got to go out with a band called uh, Saxon. You know, great bands that... Uh, the more instrument, the better the music. It's only fair to mention that there are certain other bands that even though they're classified uh, in a way, a lot of people classify them as hair metal or glam metal. I don't want to put them in that same category because they were bands before the 80s. So I want to leave them kind of out. For example, like Def Leppard, uh, Kiss, even Scorpions or Whitesnake. I mean, yeah, and Tesla. Even though they're not considered glam or hair metal in many ways, However, 
you can do that. I do want to put Motley Crue, because Motley Crue was kind of like the Madonna of the hair and glam metal scene. Correct. They were always consistently, they were consistently reinventing Weak. their look from leather clad, uh, New York dolls, wannabes, you know, in a way, <laughs> Satan worshippers in a way, with their, with their, yeah, with their shout at the devil, uh, hair rockers with Theater of Pain 1985, and of course, bikers with their Girls, Girls, Girls from 1987. Now, the crew, you know, they were all about stage presence, you know, and they took it, they took it all to, you know, to the max level while becoming one of the biggest bands in the world. Check this out. This one's called City Boy Blues. Now, Toscano, you mentioned uh, some, some good bands, and you, you, uh, you mentioned something very important. Uh, a couple of bands that you mentioned kind of go flip-flop. Uh, some of them you could consider they did touch base with the glam look and the glam sound, such as Def Leppard. Now, Def Leppard did go glam from their first uh, two albums uh, that they, they made. Also, uh, I'd say the Scorpions went a little bit love rock glam, after, of course, their very first hit, Virgin Killers, which had the brothers Shanker, Rudolph, and Michael in the band at the same time. Michael later left the Scorpions to create his own band, MSG, uh, and then also had uh, a stint, I believe, with UFO. And the other band is Def Leppard. Now, that band, you have to give them a lot of credit. Uh, I think they're a lot more melodic. Me, it's kind of more wimpy rock. But, uh, you know... The, <laughs> I, mean, I knew it was going to come out. I knew the know, hater was going to come out. I mean, but the drummer went out and he lost his arm and then he still has a gig playing the drum. Now, I'm not knocking the guy. More power to you, brother. But right. how can you consider yourself a metal band where metal has pounding drums, double bass, uh, rolls, pounding thrusts, uh, heavy-duty rolls, a mixture of, uh, of, of tin and hard hat and slamming thunder with one arm you're going to have to go synthesize so synthesize in metal means weaker metal like hair wait metal. wait a second hold on so you are I trying to it. tell me i said it you are trying to tell me i'll say it that again. def leppard's drummer cannot perform real heavy metal yes you know what i'm going to tell you this right now <laughs> well there you go now you put you put the drummer of Def Leppard in a room against Dave Lombardo of Slayer. And you know what? It's like a pit bull in a bag with two cats. The well, pit yeah, because bull the guy's got one arm. Some ass. Well, of course. I but you got to give case. him credit. You got to give him credit. You can't just go on and say he sucks. He wouldn't be able to, hey, to handle it. Hey, the hey, guy's hey, got one put- arm. Hey, don't put words in my mouth. I've got to hand it to the guy wow. for playing in a band with one arm. Wow. Okay. But I'm saying the band had to get weaker so that he could keep up. Right. 
But that band was already on the way to being weaker. <laughs> right. So, Just like now, now Motley Crue, another great band yeah. of L.A. Yep. Their first album, their first EP, uh, Get Your Gun, was a great EP. Their first album was uh, Live Wire, sensational, pounding, thrashing, L.A., in your face, pull a switchblade out, uh, have a bottle of whiskey, kick your ass, hard rock. Then they came out with Shout at the Devil. You know, they, they got a little famous, uh, they got a little crazy, a little careless. That album, to me, didn't really sound like they put all their all into it, but they had the heart and soul of being metal. Uh, but then again, you know, they fandangled, they rolled the dice, and then, uh, you know, Vince Neil had that uh, tragic accident where he should have went in jail and, you know, been somebody's cellmate, but it didn't happen. And then the band... Trans uh, transcended into the style that they became weak. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that gets a chime. Oh my gosh! All right, I think it's your serve. Okay, my serve. Are you ready? I'm ready. Now here is a legend who created his own band with having fame with such bands as Elf, with. Are you ready for this one? Rainbow, a stint in Rainbow. Of course, he took over the the reins of Black Sabbath when Ozzy was asked to leave the band due to substance intake. Ronnie James Dio, the late, great Ronnie James Dio. I, I was very blessed and fortunate to meet him at one point in my life, had a great conversation. The guy created Dio, and, I mean, he just blew the doors off of people, metal-wise. The lyrics, you could say, were a bit cryptic, maybe devil-worshipping, uh, you know, but meeting Dio, uh, his his uh, writing style and his uh, songs of stories that he wrote about were all mythical, all, all of belief, uh, you know, kind of putting a counterspin on people to see what's really behind something people don't understand. Okay, so here's another band I'm going to toss at you. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. Armored Saint. Who could forget the legendary band out of Pasadena, El Sereno, Armored Saint? There's a great band right there, brother. Uh, March of the Saints. Now, there's a band. It's not going to put... That was a great band, on, I got to admit. You know? Uh, another band that I have to bring up, Queensryche. Reminiscent vocal style of, of Rob Helford, uh, Freddie Mercury, operatic kind of uh, vocals. But there is a band that kind of touched the bounds of obscurity and... Maybe a couple of songs sounded a little bit hair, but not really. They always seem to stay theatrical. Uh, you, okay. Uh, so is, it, is it my turn yet? It's or your did... turn. It's your turn. I just I threw I threw three bands at you. Dawkins was breaking the chains. Dawkins probably should have been a bigger band with their mm. hair metal genre that it was, mainly because guitarist George Lynch and yeah. bassist Jeff Pilsen are actually. They're real good musicians. Oh, those guys! Yeah. Are now the killer. band was even nominated for for the Grammy of Best Metal Performance in 1989. Now Lynch doesn't even necessarily consider Dawkins a full blown hair or glam metal band, but he certainly had uh, the benefits to fit in. And frontman Don Dawkins still takes his version of the group on the road, playing hits like "Alone Again." And to those interested in listening, here's Breaking the Chains. 
I would like to break him with chains. <laughs> I used to call that guy Don Donkey because he's just a jackass. I oh, seen my that guy, gosh. I seen that guy at the Rainbow one time, man. And I thought he was a woman's beautician. He had a scarf around his head. And, you know, I wear headbands. I rock headbands. Like, you know, yeah. I'm, straight out, I'm straight out of the barrio. So, you yeah. know, I even iron my headbands, bro. You but do. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not playing headbands like uh, Steven, uh, Steven Tyler or Don Donkey. You know, right, right. Uh, but I thought George Lynch was way more talented than that band could ever create. I, I don't think Don Donkey had the vocal range to ever to ever carry that band farther than he did. A lot like uh, Warrant, which I'm sure you're going to hit me with. You know, the oh, only good thing about the only good thing about Warrant was that hot blonde in their video. There, <laughs> I said, I, I I just tallied and hit it right back at you. Slam. You did. And you know what? I'm going to hit it right back at you because because Skid Row with 18 in life. Now, although a lot of people are going to question why are you including them? Skid marks. Why are you including them in this list of your guys? Because the band was, believe it or not, more hair than glam and actually featured pretty good musicians as well. And it had one of the best wide ranging voices in all of metal with Sebastian Bach, at least during his, you know, the heyday. Now, Skid Row... Uh, too bad he turned into a raging alcoholic idiot. Skid Row <laughs> broke through with its self-titled 1989 debut that made them MTV staples thanks to Youth Gone Wild, 18 in Life, and a widely popular... Wow, what was that? Somebody sneezed in the background. <laughs> Whoa, who is that? Is that a... This is... Is that senor? This is What's 18 in Life. laughing because somebody sneezed in the background <laughs> i was like what the heck is that man you know what's funny man uh, you play this band and i remember i i uh seen him at the rainbow and he was uh, sebastian bach was a pompous uh, ass you know what oh, i mean oh my gosh he was like a pretty boy wannabe tough you know what i mean uh i i didn't talk to him i had no altercation with him this is is this why why real metalheads call uh, hair bands you know uh, posers and stuff like that? Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, I hope there's no kids listening right now. We call them wussies, uh, hairballs, uh, uh, kitty cats, yeah. uh, pretty boys, wannabe chicks. Needless to say, you guys had something against them, and I don't get why. Uh, to be honest, because they actually had some really really good music. In my opinion, because I'd see, I love all genres of music. I'm a all kind of music lover. And uh, the only stuff, you know, the only stuff that I hate is pretty much uh, the B-52s. Right. Aside from that, I still want to recognize that they do have music, right? Their music is music. But anyway, it's on your court, my friend. Okay, now I am going to tally up with you. Here's a band that scared the hell out of probably guys like you, Slayer. Yes, yes, they did. 
Slayer came out of a uh, Southgate Paramount uh, area in Southern California. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, now, mm, Miss makes sense. M Mrs. Chang uh, <laughs> used to go check these guys out uh, when they formed Slayer, when they were in other bands. As a matter of fact, uh, my my uh, Mrs. Chang uh, was good friends with Dave Lombardo, the former drummer of right. Slayer's girlfriend. So she got to see these bands. This these guys play at the Battle of the Bands. I got to check these guys play at uh, the LA street scene, which I did fancy going to uh, during the that era in the '80s when they had live music playing there. And I'm gonna go ahead and tell you up with Slayer, and then I'm gonna hit you with another band. Are you ready for this band? I don't I'm even ready. think you've ever even heard of this band. Probably not. Okay, except. No, I ha no, I don't think so. I might have heard their music, but not the name of the band. Now, except had a sound a little bit heavier, less blues like a than ACDC, but Udo had a voice that was similar between both lead singers of ACDC. Uh, that was a good band. Udo is no longer in that band, but they're still jamming. Here's another band. Crocus. Yeah, I wouldn't be in that band either. No, uh, no. <laughs> Those guys would have scared you. I think they you would have pissed all over your you would have pissed all over your penny loafers. My my creepers, my creepers. Sorry, my creepers. Yes. Uh, another band that kicked ass in the eighties, Crocus, yeah. Diamond Head. Oh, here's one more. Diamond Head, I've heard of. Okay, Manowar and Wasp. Yeah, yeah. Manowar, so, definitely. Okay, so so let's see how you're going to counterattack. Wait a second. When you're I'm going, giving wait, you you you've given you're like an AK-47 spitting out uh, metal bands. And not giving me a chance to breathe. What is this? This is okay, not. Okay. Uh, you okay. know, this is this is metal terrorism. You can't do that to me. All right, well, I'm going to strike back. <laughs> you can't do that to me. <laughs> All right, Rat was one of the first true giants oh, of the hair metal scene, shit. thanks to its breakout debut out of the cellar in 1984, which produced the hit "Round and Round." Now, one of the most popular, recognizable songs to come out of that scene. Though former lead guitarist Warren Demartini is one of the top guitar players out there, Stephen Percy, their frontman, drew most of the attention, of course, with his... Mm -hmm sense of pop metal fashion truly one of the bands that defined that era in music however i must say that they had a concert in 2018 and uh stephen percy members of the band couldn't even get up they were literally sitting down on a speaker they, they couldn't perform and it's just a disgrace to to their fans i mean not yeah. being able to to perform i believe that uh you have tattoo on your ass that says rat it's it's actually on on uh, my hip. Now it continue, says, please continue. Yes. Okay. Uh, con well, continue. So I had a job in 1989, and uh, my coworker was a hardcore metalhead, he, and he he brought a a, a shirt that said uh, Slayer, right, with a pentagram on it, and he knew he knew I was you know I I went to church and uh you know I was a, a Christian guy and. And he said, oh, did you know Slayer's a Christian band? <laughs> and I said, really? <laughs> really? He goes, yeah, check this out. They have a song called Jesus Saves. And he puts yeah. on, and they do. They, they have this song. <laughs> it's a great one, song. Oh, it's, it's a great, great song. song. Lyrically. Yeah. 
But 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 he, and he puts on the song and and I told him straight to his face, "You scare me." But speaking of uh, uh, the Christian scene, this next band was a oh, yellow was a it. yellow and black attack. Now, well, a bunch of bees. Say they t- look now, like a bunch of bees. Now, you gotta you gotta let see your your AK forty seven took off. Now you gotta let me with my missile launcher come in to strike you down. Because while satanic imagery has traditionally been a big part of the metal scene of any variety, Striper, Striper sang about, you know, Christian values, and it was actually accepted by mainstream, of course. Uh, The yellow and black outfits were were hair, hair metal at its best, and the band was often the butt of plenty of rock jokes. However, they did manage to generate a hit in 1987 with a power ballad, Honestly, and it was all over the radio. They still play that on some radio stations today. But on that note, just to make it make it even better for you, we're going to take a break here with Back to the 80s, and we're going to bring it right back with more of Chang's AK-47 of metal, and we're going to leave you with Striper's newest hit, just so you can tell that Striper still has music.
never stop. Never stop. Not even when it hurts. Didn't hurt. Didn't hurt. Didn't hurt. Non-stop unforgettable memories from the 80s. Back, back to the 80s. You're listening to Back to the 80s. That was Blood from Above by Striper. Michael Sweet, although his voice did get a little bit deeper, Chang, I know that you went to go see Striper uh, at some point, but to believe it or not, he can still reach some of those notes, which uh, I'm just glad to to hear that. Yeah, you know what, man? I uh, I just thought that their getup was kind of gay, kind of like gay bees, bees trying to be wasps. But they did have uh, a lot of talent in, in that band. Uh, uh, Instrumental-wise, they could rip it up. Uh, Vocal-wise, he could shred. You know, I mean, the guy could carry some lyrics. But they, they fell between the crest of, uh, of of being kind of pretty for the way they looked. Uh, some right. of the songs that they did uh, sing. And then it, it not being like uh, what metal was really established on. Uh, defiance. Uh, people getting tired of being pushed on, judged. Uh, people tired of uh, uh, of the constraints that religion and politics and social order were giving, the injustice. So when Striper came out, their concept is understandable, okay? You want to create a positive for the youth out there. Right, right. It was, it was a little too polished for... For people who who weren't in in the church scene, you know, basically, and uh, you know what, we're going to be able to bring you guys Striper. Believe it or not, Striper's going to be on Back to the Eighties, and that is a little surprise we have for you. So you got to keep tuning in to find out when Striper comes back. Now, originally co-founded by late metal guitar virtuoso Randy Rhodes, Quiet Riot. It's often called or often credited by putting hair glam metal on the mainstream map after 1983's Metal Health. And they became the first album to reach number one on the Billboard chart. The jewel of that release was, of course, Come On, Feel the Noise. However, the title track was Quiet Riot's Time in the Limelight. And it was brief. Bassist Rudy Sarvo, guitarist Carlos Cavazzo, and drummer Frankie Benali from the classic lineup were able to stay busy and they still do up till today So that's Quiet Riot with Metal Health. Bang your head. How do you like that? How do you like it? I came back at you. 
you know what? You had a, you you came back strong. Now now that was one of my favorite LA metal bands. I checked those guys out at the US Festival. They opened up. They were uh, the last ones on the ticket. They got tossed up there. The bad thing about that uh, gig with them is they went out first, so the sound equipment kind of sucked. So they uh, really didn't have the power behind them because it was pretty pretty much a technical issue. But uh, that was a great band. Uh, uh, Kevin Dubrow had powerful lyrics. He had some powerful chops. You know, they they wailed. Uh, Cavazzo filled in great. Uh, you know, from, from uh, the departure of Randy Rhodes, uh, Rudy Sarzo, Frankie Bonale, Bonelli, who we lost of cancer a couple of years back. Uh, Rudy Sarzo uh, joined Randy Rhodes to play with Ozzy uh, later in time then, but you came back strong. That was a great, a great freaking album. I remember I went to that concert. I had this shirt. Killer-ass band, dude. Quiet Riot, all the way. L.A. King. Okay, now I'm going to take it to a band that is called Y&T. You know what I'm saying? Mean Streak, when their, their debut album. Y&T, you've got to familiarize yourself with Y&T. Tell the young Toscano to crank on Y&T and get some skills off of that band. Uh, another great uh, hardcore band that I think would probably scare the crap out of you, Testament. Testament was a little bit darker, uh, a dual guitar playing, uh, hard-pounding uh, uh, drum and bass uh, uh, act of terror, but uh, more lyrically about uh, uh, the decline of uh, civilization, the anger that people have about it, how they felt. Uh, you know, the lyrics are about the end because everything kind of looked black in the 80s, you know, because we didn't know what was going on with uh, Reagan and Gorby back then. Uh, another band yeah. that came out. Mer I am, by the way, I am very familiar with Testament. Uh, I don't know if you remember a band called Virgin Steel. Or St no, that one I don't. Or Steeler, uh, you know. Those are a couple of the hardcore last of the metal bands. But then uh, metal also took a turn to go into thrash metal, which became black metal. Uh, I don't know if there was a band that, uh, that used to tear it up called Loudness from Japan. I mean, they were just like totally killer. Alcatraz. Uh, geez, bro, I could just keep going. Merciful fate. You know, Celtic Frost. How about this? How about this? You mentioned one of your favorite bands, Warrant, a little while ago. And right. another band, <laughs> that was another what? band. Now, Warrant milked every single ounce of MTV's obsession with hair metal. It's almost as if Mm -hmm. Warrant was the boy band of the movement, right? I mean, they had matching outfits with their names on the sleeves, uh, choreographed moves and, and focus on on video, and not necessarily the song. And now, come on, if there's ever a song that was made for MTV, it wasn't until 1990s. Yeah, you know the song, Cherry Pie. I mean, you got to give the band credit, right? They knew how to follow the formula. And retro fans still want to hear it. But here's the thing. The only good thing in that band was that hot chick. Oh, God. Okay. But I'm going to hit you back in these with these two bands. Now, Bon Jovi is another band that might be on the line when talking about whether it belongs to the hair metal category or not. You may think it is. And, you know, we, we need to address it because even back in the runway days of 1984, the hair was teased. Coats were long, and of course, 
Bon Jovi was a group made for MTV. Yeah. The songs were like the, the perfect monkeys. combination of arena rock and pop metal, capturing male and female fans. And, but the success of 1986's Slippery When Wet. Yep. Slippery that When Wet the featuring clothing. the the yeah. song Living on a Prayer. It made Bon Jovi one of the biggest acts in the world. More than anybody else on this on this you know, a rock and roll and metal talk that we're having, and they still remain relevant, even though John Bon Jovi cannot sing anymore. Okay, bring it, bring it! However, here's where I'm, where I'm going to strike you very, very strong. Are you ready for this? Because John Bon Jovi helped give this Philadelphia area band its break. And they delivered three quality albums during the, the era. The Night Songs in 1986, Long Cold Winter in 1988, and Heartbreak Station in 1990. Cinderella, Nobody's Fool. Now that that's a nice volley back at yeah. you, volley hard. Yeah, and although Cinderella did look the part of hair rockers, of course, their overall se- their overall sound seemed to have more meat than other bands of that era, mostly because of Tom Kiefer's raspy voice and blues infused guitar work. Yes. Now I'm going to throw a couple of bands. Here. Good volley right there. Now Cinderella is a great band. Also, here's two other bands: Tesla and Lizzie Borden. Those are two ah, other bands yes. that I think kind of, uh, we should ask Mike Davis, what was it like using Aquanet? That would have been a great uh, question <laughs> because, you know, I've known Mike uh, since back in the days of Montebello, you know, when uh, he first started with, yeah. uh, with Borden. He was jamming in bands uh, with his brother, Brian, and he was also playing in a Battle of the Bands in, in Montebello. But Tesla, another band that could either fall upon metal or it could fall upon uh, the other genre like uh, Van Halen. You know what I mean? Where it's like n- not metal, but it's hard rock. But they got categorized as uh, Cinderella did into a realm of metal. But I think both those bands have way more talent uh, and more range than a metal band. What do you think about those three bands? Would you not agree? Lizzie Borden. Tesla and Cinderella. Strong bands that finish strong. And on that note, we're going to take a short little break because Back to the 80s is on the home stretch. So keep it locked and loaded. Loaded. Because we are. You're listening to Back to the 80s.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mexican-Americans don't like to just get into gang fights They like flowers and music and white girls named Debbie too Mexican-Americans are named Chata and Chela and Chema And have a son-in-law named Jeff Mexican-Americans don't like to get up early in the morning But they have to, so they do it real slow Mexican-Americans love education So they go to night school and they take Spanish and get a B Mexican-Americans love their nanas and their nonos and their ninas and their ninos Nanu, nanu, nina, no, no Mexican-Americans don't like to go to the movies Where the dude has to wear contact lenses to make his blue eyes brown Cause don't it make my brown eyes blue? And that's all I got. How do you like it? Oh, that's good. That's yeah, good. it's like a protest tune, man. Yeah, I, I dig that, man. Yeah. But you know, while you were singing that, I, I wrote another tune. You know. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's it's like the same thing, only different. You know? Do you want to hear it? Yeah, yeah. It's like a little it. more rock and roll. All than right, that, we'll know? get down. It's something like this here. Now, back to good, wholesome, politically correct entertainment. Oops, wrong station. <clears throat> now, back to the 80s with Toscano and Chang. Rock and roll is in your soul. That band was epic back in the day. That's a band me and Toscano have to agree uh, agree upon. Uh, speaking of bands that we both can agree upon, to where they could go for their looks of being glam, pretty metal, but uh, when you when you crank on the cassette or you crank on the vinyl, and you just get into the core of the music and the sound, just like Tesla, just like Lizzie Borden. Uh, here's another band like Great White. Uh, Girl school and Helix. Helix is another band to where uh, they got you know they they kind of looked pretty because they had to keep in with that flow because the one thing about the pretty metal they got more chicks than a lot of us that were in the hardcore metal because you know chicks were unwilling to go out with a guy that had uh, felonies or maybe. A suspended license, or or no job, or no job, yeah. or push drugs for for a living, or go out and punch people in the face, or you know, I rem I, yeah. re I recall the days of getting in the pit and slamming people, you know. So yeah, but uh, you know, Ch chains. I remember the chains on the on the on the jeans. 
chains on the jeans or on the leather pants and and uh, spikes on their wrists. Oh, yeah, dude. Bands like that. Now, Great White, here's a band right here at Toscano, and I'm sure you like Great White. I do, actually. I really do, yeah. Now, Great White was in competition because they did a couple of tracks that were Led Zeppelin covers. So them and Zebra, another great band yep. that came out that was kind of put to the test of a, a Led Zeppelin vocal style of uh, musical range. Uh, bands like that, you don't get uh, much talk on uh, on great bands like that, you know. But then again, Great White did come back with two different versions. You know, they went through the, the legal system and fought each other like more greedy bastards than, than you could even wave a stick at. All right, well, I'm going to untie it. I'm going to untie it for you. And I'm going to untie it for all 80s fans because what I'm going to hit you with is something you're going to enjoy. The legendary frontman of Twisted Sister, D. Snyder. And although D. Snyder may think that Twisted Sister doesn't belong in the glam and metal scene, well, I think it definitely qualifies because, yes, although it was established before the scene took off, but certainly they looked apart the and they used MTV and the overall hair glam rock movement to score its only commercially successful album would stay hungry in 1984. Plus it was a band that never took itself seriously and, and had, they had a good time with the music and, and the videos. Now I got to give it up. You got me on a tongue tie here. Now I, I like twisted sister. I thought they were metal. You could put them kind of in the glam only because they did wear makeup, but you cannot say that they were in the bubble gum uh, I'm going to sing to my chick. I'm, I'm going to wear the same kind of jackets with shoulder pads like my chick style rock and roll. <laughs> do you mean, do you mean to tell me you. that they're not going to be musically as this band from the greatest hair metal band of all time for some people when the genre is brought up this should be the group that comes to mind with Brett, Ricky, Bobby, and CC, who lived up the hair metal life like nobody else, from the teased hair, makeup, clothes, and good times on stage and off. Poison was the epitome of the hair metal scene, who lived up the hair metal life like nobody else, from the teased hair, makeup, clothes, and good times on stage and off. Poison was the epitome of the hair metal scene, and the band never apologized. This, of course, of I'm talking about Poison. Look at what the cat dragged in. Did you know that Bobby? Bassist Bobby Dahl said during an episode of VH1's Behind the Music, I never aspired to be a musician. I wanted to be a rock and roll star, and that's what I have become. 
and fans can still catch poison on the road today, having nothing but a good time. Like how it did that. Yeah, I like the way you did that. I really do. Now, <laughs> poison. Now, poison was like poison to my ears. Uh, man, uh, these guys look like Barbie dolls with genitalia hanging. Now, I had, I had the, I don't want to say fortune. I will, I, no, I, I will say I had the benefit of coming across these pretty boys during the Hollywood Sunset Boulevard 80s rock and roll scene when Gazzari's had the legendary KMET 94.7 Hoo-yah! sticker, I mean not sticker, but painted on the side overlooking the rainbow, the same side where Van Halen was painted on that same side where later Poison and Motley Crue were put up on banners. Now, I, I had the benefit of meeting these guys uh, a few occasions. Now, one night when the Chang was uh, under the influence of uh, the white lady, too much whiskey, and two of my friends were walking me down Sunset Boulevard as we were trying to get across the street to get into the vehicle. And uh, Brett Michaels walked upon me and handed me a flyer to them opening at the Roxy the following weekend. Here's a band flyer. Come check us out, brothers. He did not have the lipstick on. He did not look like a Barbie doll. He had a, a Levi jacket on, Levi's. No stonewash. Truly bleached like a real rocker. They had some miles on him. He looked like a cat like me. He looked like a cat that I would pass a straw to, pass a joint to, tell him, hey, check out that chick's ass. He looked like that kind of a guy. Now, he gave me the flyer, and I looked at the flyer, and automatically I see him in his poison outfit. And the Chang being inebriated, I see red lipstick and blonde hair. And I whispered these words quite loudly. I would like to get a from that chick. Well, that chick was Brett Michaels who handed me the flyer who looked like a guy that was like me. He was inflamed. He was furious. He asked me to go F myself. And then I, it came to me, look at those eyes, look at the hair, it's you. And then the rest is history. We had a scuffle. Stacy and Bobby pulled him away. My buddy, yeah, we scuffled. My buddies pulled me away, and I remember yelling at him, don't ever mess with me, I'll mess up your mascara, bitch. Okay, I want you to go right now to your bathroom cabinet, get your holy water and drink it. Okay, because I'm going to throw off probably like 14 serves at you right now. We have a metal that turned a couple, of, a couple of avenues. We went dark and we went thrash. So there's three types of metal that are going to scare you that you're probably going to not want your boys to listen to, that you're probably going to all want to... After I give you these names of... I will give you three bands in the black metal, three bands in the dark metal, now, here is a band, Suicidal Tendencies, kind of like a rap hip-hop metal band that was dynamic. Los Angeles, of course, from the barrio, from the street. Uh, they look like a bunch of... Suicidal Tendencies look like me and my homies. If you want a picture 
what the Chang looked like and the guys that I ran with back in the 80s. Check out suicidal tendencies. We don't play no games. I said, we're from the body, homie. We're going to smash and crash, bro. Here's another band, bro. T-S-O-L. Another great kind of a speed metal in-your-face street band. You know what I mean? We're going we're gonna to pass a bottle of whiskey and share a 40-ouncer. Another band that looked pretty but wasn't, King Diamond. He looked a little bit more eviler than Kiss. Now, that would end kind of my onslaught of the hard rock metal that I hung out and the gigs I went to. But then you open the can, like a tuna can, into these other two diverse groups. And I'm going to hit you real quick with black metal. So you better have some pretty boy rock and roll that is going to be able to, that's going to, be able to counterplay what I'm hitting you with. Venom, Sepultura, Sabotage, Celtic Frost, Exodus, Metal Church. Now, these are bands I'm going to give you just real quick. We don't have to talk about their music because we really don't have enough time. But I want to get him into there because they are the roots of the tree of the birth and death of metal, if you know what I'm talking about. Overkill, Warlock, Pentagram, Riot, uh, Corrosion of Conformity, Dark Angel, my brother. Uh, you know, Crater, Destruction, of course, with Raven and Celtic Frost probably one of the greatest, most known besides Venom and Merciful Fate in that realm. Then you get into that thrash metal, which is all aggression, really, brother, to where a lot of maybe the metal movement and the metal vibe got misconstrued and put anger and uh, frustration. Is this why you hate Metallica so much? To me, when Cliff Burton passed away, the heart and soul and the balls and guts of Metallica <laughs> went away. There, I said it. I don't know how many listeners are going to hate me, but I think true listeners uh, and metalheads are going to probably say, right on, Chang, for you saying that. And here, a shout-out to all my real metalhead fans and fanettes. Metallica started sucking after Cliff Burton passed. Oh, are you done? Well, are you ready? Because I'm going to mention them really, really fast because the show is pretty much hit the end of the road. And here we go. Faster Pussycat. You still got White Snake. You still got Kicks. You still got Dirty Looks. We still got... Oh, you want me to hit you with more? How about some White Lion? How about Winger? How about how about some Nitro? Enough is enough. Rough Cut, D. Malls, Steve Stevens. Uh, you want me to give you some more? How about this? See, I can follow you. And last but not least, Smashed Gladys. All right? So on that note, I know that there's a lot more ammunition you have under your belt, as well you should as the guru of metal. Wishing you a great week. Be safe. Be kind to your fellow man as we head off into another work week. And on behalf of Toscano from Toscano and Chang, thanks for joining us. And we'll see you next week. Chang here before I release you to another Changtastic week and weekend. No matter what you have, no matter what you come from, stay lifted and gifted. Remember, we are one race, human. So treat each other with unity and care. Because that's what it's all about. To everybody, I want to wish an adios, an arrivederci, 
and hasta mañana, and to all my homies in every barrio and across the land, orale, till next Friday. Take me back.